What's up, sisters? Welcome to the Period Whisperer podcast. I'm Bria. I'm your host. If you're new, I'm so happy you are here. I'm your perimenopause and menopause sister, your holistic trainer, hormone specialist, translator of your female body. I'm a recovering people pleaser and hustle addict turned body whisperer and hormone decoder. And I am here to help you de-stress your body, decode what it is saying, become the CEO of it, and own your own health, energy, and weight loss again. This show is for you, the overwhelmed, overworked, underappreciated step woman who dreams of a body they feel strong, energetic, and sane in. The woman who knows that she shouldn't just wave the white aging flag and believes in a body and life of peace, love, and purpose. But you don't just know how to get there yet. So if you are stuck in your body, your energy, your life, you are in the right spot. Let's lean in and learn what our bodies are saying to us. What's up, sisters? It is Bria here, your host of the Period Whisperer podcast, and I am sitting across from the amazing Amber Romaniuk, who is an emotional eating, digestive, and hormone expert that helps high-achieving women create a level of body confidence, intuition, and optimal health through powerful mindset healing and, you know, specifically in overcoming self-sabotage with food. So I think that everyone can agree, all the listeners, everyone sitting here, that this is an area we could use some help with. <laughs> so we're really blessed to have you here. I know, Amber, that um, you do all of this through addressing kind of those key negative thoughts, patterns, and limiting beliefs that keep women stuck in the same behaviors for years and decades. Um, that they haven't been able to break. And this is something we all struggle with is that real like starting and stopping and starting and stopping. And uh, I found Amber through her podcast, the No Sugar Coating Podcast, which has over a million downloads, over 300 episodes and listened to in over 88 countries. If you haven't checked that one out, you're going to want to at the end of this episode. But welcome, Amber. We're so blessed to have you here. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thank you for having me, Bria. It's, It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Yay. A fellow Canadian. We were just talking about that yes. before we started. Love it. It's always a I nice way it. to bond. Yes. It is a nice way to bond, you know? Yeah. It's funny because people always think it's funny what people think of Canadians, like, oh, we say sorry all the time. I don't <laughs> yes. really do that though. I don't know. I think if you funny. live in America, you realize it more. <laughs> when enough. you're in Canada, maybe you, I don't notice it either. But then I start to notice that people point it out. I think, yeah, that and funny. how we say about. I get that one. Right. Oh, I thought you were Canadian. I heard you say about. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's one for sure. I get to from my clients in the states. Oh, that's so funny. It's such a dead giveaway. So tell us a little bit about you. I always like to kind of introduce, I want to hear a little bit about your story, how you got here, how long you've been here, where you're going. Yeah. So, wow. It's been a journey and a very unexpected journey at that. But um, essentially I started my business just over nine years ago, decided I want to specialize in emotional eating, binge eating, gut hormone issues. And then I've my practice has evolved into like deeper emotional support and energetic and spiritual support, just because it's, you know, as things unfold fluidly, these new things just come up. But essentially what created my business was going through full fledged food addiction, binge eating, emotional eating, binging and purging. Like I really experienced all of those kinds of self-sabotage with food. I never experienced anything with anorexia. So I don't deal with that because I don't know how. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, all growing up, you know, to just give a few key, you know, 
life-changing moments that created this self-sabotage for me. You know, the first one was when I was five, I was taking my first day on the bus. And as soon as I got on the bus, right, you're just, when you're five, you're so innocent and Mm -hmm. excited, nervous. And I get on the bus and the older boys call me fat and ugly. And then the whole bus started making fun of me. And that moment like ruined me and hurt me so much. And I really took that identity on, Mm. right? Like when you're five, you're not, I didn't know how to like brush something like that off. And that stuck with me for the next 20 years of my life. And I took on the identity of, well, I must be fat and ugly, right? Because strangers said it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, do we even know how to deal with that now? No. Mm, well, not until fine. we do our deeper work, right? right? Once we do our deeper work, then we can learn how to set the boundaries, lovingly yeah. speak up and stand up for ourselves, remind ourselves if someone's projecting negativity on me, that's their stuff and their ego and they're not taking ownership. And so mm-hmm. I get to set the boundaries that I'm not going to tolerate that kind of, you know, talk and right. behavior, not but available it, for it. it takes time to get to that point. And when you're five, I mean, <sighs> again, a lot of people now are people pleasers and they won't say anything because they don't want to cause conflict. But then if we don't stand up for ourselves, we're mm-hmm. tolerating. Right. And that's yes. not good. Right. Yeah. So. That's me for sure. I had that. I've had to, I always say I'm a people pleaser in recovery. It's a real mm-hmm. challenge to not, um, not to not just avoid or to like yeah. laugh off and almost bond on something when you're in a really uncomfortable situation. So I get yeah. that. Yeah. And I grew up very insecure. I grew up the people pleaser. I grew up, you know, with a mom, you know, bless her heart who had multiple sclerosis or for mm. my whole life and her way to compensate with certain things she couldn't do because she'd get tired or her symptoms would flare up is we would eat. There was always mm-hmm. food revolved around the activities we did together as a compensation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as I healed my food addiction, I really looked back and saw that she was dealing with one too. However, mm-hmm. she chose not to address it, which everyone chooses in this lifetime, what they are going to and not deal with, right? Like yes. no one can force anyone to heal. So, um, so growing up, right. Like all the junk food was always readily available. There was never any portions. Like I'm grateful. My parents never commented about my weight or like restricted me or anything. Cause I think that is like traumatizing for mm-hmm. kids to go through that. Um, but I just ate whatever I wanted, whenever I wanted and had no idea how food affected our physical health, mental health, energetic health, like mm-hmm. all of it. And then you become a teenager and you get exposed and you get access to the television and Hollywood and the media and magazines and all of that, which I think honestly, and this is just my opinion, but I think it's one of the most unhealthy like systems on this planet because it has conditioned and brainwashed women to hate their bodies, to think Mm -hmm. there's something wrong with them because they don't look like the Photoshopped image or video. Mm -hmm. Right. And then they assume there's something wrong with them, which I think is just set women up and men too, but women up for just so much sabotage, right. And and disconnect because the more caught up we get in all the external, Mm -hmm. the more disconnected we are from going inside and, you know, claiming our power. So we really get, you know, conditioned to look to the outside world for validation and worth as opposed to it being the inside job that it is. Yeah, right. Exactly. I totally. It's interesting, you know, to hear I struggled with binging and purging as well when I was younger. And yet I had parents that would never have called, you know, that never said it. And I had friends whose parents, I heard say things to them that I thought Mm, was not okay. And yet, so it's not always, it's not always as clear as what we think it is, is it? No, no. And it could be, it may not even be comments about food, but your parents might go, oh, well, you got a B plus, like 
you should do better. You can do better. And then that, that perfection mentality is molded and that all or nothing Mm -hmm. mentality then morphs into binging and restricting and trying Mm -hmm. to look perfect and then falling like that can create it as well. Right. So there's many ways that we can be brought up where age zero to seven, you inherit most of your thoughts and beliefs. And unless you, you know, go on a healing journey and start dismantling the old that doesn't serve you and and changing to new paradigms. Right. Mm -hmm. But these things all really crafted me to hate my body and not like Mm -hmm. my stomach because it wasn't flat and like feel insecure. And, you know, media convinced me in order to be successful, have love, money, et cetera, you must look, you know, like this. And because I didn't, there must be something wrong with me. And so then the diet culture kicks in and, you know, that's just a complete mess of a system that's, you know, just feeding off of the vulnerable and the desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just got to the point where I had a breakup, my first breakup and I couldn't eat. Like I was so upset. So I lost weight really fast and I was mm-hmm. loving the attention I was getting, but all Can the we, weight loss, right. It's like a mirror. Yeah. That's the messed up part. I think, cause I yeah. went through a similar, you know, a stressful time in life. And it's like, you're getting positive validation for yeah. negative behavior mm-hmm. and it's a real mind mess. And we can all, I think, go yeah. back and, you know, it's like all of a sudden people are telling me all these wonderful things about myself when the way I got there was not a healthy way. Yeah. And it's, it's an incorrect validation. Totally. Oh. And, you know, it feeds your ego though. And when you're, mm-hmm. before you learn how to take your power back, your ego is in full blown control. And that's the part of you that lives in the mind. That's like, oh, you're not good enough until you lose the weight. And, but even when you lose the weight, you're still not good enough because nothing external can fill the internal void. But we attach our worth outside of ourselves to others and needing that external validation. And Mm -hmm. so you, you get dopamine hits every time someone gives you a compliment, every time you people please and overbook your schedule and overgive. And -hmm. then the person's like, Oh, thank you. I'm so, you're so great. Like you get Mm -hmm. that dopamine hit. And so you want to stay in these self-sabotaging behaviors Mm -hmm. and that keeps fueling emotional eating because you're overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. You're not grounded. There's, you're not dealing with your stuff. And now, you know, what's the easiest, fastest thing to do? Well, let's use food to numb out, right? Because it wasn't attainable to keep eating as little as I was. And then one day it was just like, well, the guy doesn't want me back. Like, what's the point? And then I went way the other way and started binge eating, mm-hmm. binged and purged for six months. Cause I thought, oh, well, if I can save the weight, right. But it, it was just messing everything up more. And what I always like to say about binging and purging and obviously the most compassion to anyone who's dealing with it, but mm-hmm. the binge is already a lack of ownership and responsibility for, you know, dealing with our stuff or punishing, you know, it's really an act of self-hate, but when we go to the purge, it's the ultimate lack of ownership and responsibility because you're saying, I'm not willing to own this at all. Right. But then it's more destructive on the body. Right. So it's so important that, you know, if we're dealing with these things to get support or like really, you know, be willing to go here and deal with it Mm -hmm. because it's, it's just so destructive on the body and your mind and everything. And it, yeah. we say so disconnected and numb, you know, when we're in these behaviors. So yeah. it was quite the ride for quite a few years and gaining like 70 pounds in four months after I lost a bunch of weight and just being the heaviest I ever was like, it was just embarrassing. Right. And I wanted to hide. I didn't want to see my friends, you know, cause I didn't want them to notice. And so it really, mm. it was a hard time. That's oh. for sure. 
yeah, I can feel that. I can feel the truth mm-hmm. of that as we talk here and sit across from each other. Um, there's so much involved in that piece, right? And then, of course, it damages that self-worth. It damages the body, the physically, yes. physically, mentally, emotionally in so many levels. And um, and it also becomes that little thing in our head, well, this was one way that worked for me once upon a time, mm-hmm. you know, by doing this until it got so bad. So we can almost yeah. carry that with us if we don't process it and deal with it early on. Yeah. Totally. And, you know, people always say, well, what made you change? Mm. Because the the messed up thing about being in self-sabotage is because mm. it's so familiar, even though you're suffering immensely, like even though I was gaining weight, even though my digestive system was just a complete nightmare, right? Mm-hmm. Like my hormones were a disaster. I was exhausted. And I was like 20 to 23 years old, like I was so unwell. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was isolating at home and I wasn't going out and doing anything and I had a crappy job and it was just like, but it was such a comfort zone because it was such an addiction and it was just Mm -hmm. like, you know what, at least I have food. At least I have food to fall back on to make Mm -hmm. me feel better. Food's my friend. Food's never going to say anything mean to me or hurt me. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just started revolving my whole life around it. And your ego convinces you. And that's that negative voice in the mind. That's what I call it. It's like, oh, well, you'll never change. It's too scary to change. You'll never figure it out. It's too daunting. Mm -hmm. And so you sit in this comfort zone of suffering and toleration, and you don't actually want to hurt yourself, but you don't know any better. Mm -hmm. Right. And so what really shifted it for me is, you know, the suffering was so big and I had a binge and through the food and the garbage. And then I ended up actually going back an hour later after the food had settled and eaten out of the garbage and then just sat on the floor and just cried right a lot and thought holy crap I just ate out of a garbage like what the heck is going on in my life you know what I mean mm-hmm. and but I needed that moment to happen and we don't necessarily all need the low point moment to happen right. I really don't dark let it don't want to get yeah. to that yeah but um I needed it to happen because what it did in that moment was broke my fear of trying to change or figure it out Now the suffering was like, I cannot tolerate this level of suffering anymore. I'm not willing to. And Mm -hmm. it's what catapulted me to go like, this is no longer a comfort zone. Like I need to figure this out. Yeah. So I feel like that's a key moment, you know, Mm -hmm. for us all to look at. And it was a dark night of the soul. hundred percent. It's it's, uh, it's so interesting, right? And you're right. We don't, it's the ideal if we could get to that point in a very proactive way before we end up having to be on the defense and kind of undo a lot of the damage that's created. But you get there when you get there. That's how it is. I think, and part of us even having these conversations is creating some normalcy, legitimacy around these things. So people don't Mm -hmm. feel so alone. Um, But, you know, it's this, the piece that has us hide our, you know, numb the feelings you know, can we talk a little bit about like, what are the feelings or what are all the things coming up that we're trying to avoid and why is that happening in us? Yeah. Yeah. So I think we're really heavily conditioned for the ego to be front and center. We're conditioned to be strong. Don't feel like feelings are weak and being Mm -hmm. vulnerable is weak. Being vulnerable is very uncomfortable. So I feel like we are not taught how to feel Mm -hmm. and experience discomfort because fear, worry, anger, frustration, Mm -hmm. sadness, sometimes Mm -hmm joy, happiness, celebration, grief, Mm -hmm. they can feel very uncomfortable to feel. And we're not taught Mm -hmm. how to feel. 
feel. And then we get so busy in our schedules and we're so disconnected. Mm-hmm. So then we just start using food or shopping or, you know, alcohol, alcohol. or whatever mm-hmm. it is to numb out um, because we fear feeling. Mm-hmm. We fear something bad is going to happen if we mm-hmm. feel. Um, there's this other part of us like, I don't have time to deal with that. Like, yes. I, got, I got way too much going on. Like, I just don't have time. Right. So we see it as a minuscule thing that's mm-hmm. not really important when it really is. Yes. I, right? That's a real noticeable red flag for me that I'm starting to, you know, because it's a constant practice, right? This totally. piece of not um, choosing substances of whatever they are to numb. And so yeah. I know if I get on the phone with a friend or if I start avoiding friendship conversations or if I get on and I'm like, I don't have time to have an emotional breakdown. It's like the biggest trigger that it is time for that, for those yeah. tears to come. You yeah. know, it's such an interesting, Yeah, but that's, yeah. and that speaks to kind of our little hustle addictive society. Mm-hmm. We also numb with productivity, right? Like, oh, yes. I don't have time to deal with this. I'm just going to go do more to kind of calm that beast inside yeah. of me. Yeah, exactly. And it really mm. is. The, the hustle is one of the worst things that could have been fabricated, mm. right? Mm. Like that whole trendy hustle BS. It's just a great way to give yourself adrenal fatigue and trigger yeah. more emotional eating because now you're tired and you're overwhelmed. Yeah. Right. So there's that whole component, I think, of those emotions. And then I think it really is like the the self-sabotaging behaviors that trigger us mm. to feel so much more of those emotions. So people pleasing right? Mm -hmm. People pleasing and then being overwhelmed because you overbooked yourself. And then when you want to say no so bad, you get so afraid of doing so to say yes to yourself. And then you get fear and then you worry there's going to be conflict and then you shut down and you say yes. And then you resent yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So there's all this emotion that is created by being in people pleasing perfection, Mm -hmm. being in an all or nothing mentality. I got to do it perfect or I'm not going to do it all. If I can't meditate perfectly, I'm not going to do any self care. (sighs) If I can't do the diet perfectly, I'm going to be knee deep in all the, you know, foods I can't have. Right. Right. Yeah. Face first and Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. I totally, you know, yeah. It's like, it's never, it's, it is that real all or nothing piece that I know you deal with really well. It's huge. I'd say every single woman I've ever had as a client has gone through it. And I went through it too, because that's what diets teach. Diets teach perfection, follow X rules to gain X results. And if you don't, well, then there's something wrong with you. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. It's not about willpower. Mm -hmm. It's not about trying harder. It's that diet set you up for failure and just Mm -hmm. bring in more rules and restriction. Diets don't help you learn to love yourself and deal with your self-sabotage and understand your triggers or your hormone issues or like any of that. Mm -hmm. And I feel like one of the biggest reasons that I've been seeing lately, why women are in this behavior is because they are starting to access their intuition, their empath, like feeling right, whatever their gifts are. And they are terrified of being outcast of being told they're weird. They're terrified of accessing the future or whatever it is. And so they're numbing out in that context as well. So it's still fear that is the emotion, right? Mm-hmm. But then every time we self-sabotage, we dim our light. And I went through that too. Talk more about that, please. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's, I got shivers as you were talking about that, Me which too. I feel like is such a, you know, an indicator we need to continue. So yeah, talk more about that. Yeah. I think there's so much there and you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people need to understand this a little bit more. Yeah. So we all have an intuition. It's not just certain people you are born with a very strong intuition and you're born unconditionally loving yourself, but then we get programmed. Right. And mm-hmm. then that's where the disconnect comes in. However, um, it's through self-sabotage with food, 
like plugging so much into the external and distracting ourselves from like learning how to tune into our body, ignoring the gut mm-hmm. feeling, being told it's weird and like fluffy to tap mm-hmm. into your intuition. Like this is our birthright. This is a part of as a yeah. soul, like we all have this intuition that was forged out of love, right? And mm-hmm. so what happens though is we don't learn about it unless you have a family or went to a school or things where you like were learning about this growing up. Like I don't really know anyone that had that opportunity. I didn't. But as you start to access your intuition, like for me, it's like, wow, I can like feel people's emotion. Wow. I can like kind of tap into the future and like see what's going to happen in my life. And I was like, holy crap, this is scary. Like I'm not ready to, I'm not ready to hold this kind of power. And so I feel like part of why we suppress and numb is because we fear the level of power we actually have as a human being and and as a light soul and a human body and so we numb out right we numb out part of that is because a lot of people want to fit in in the crowd I never did I don't think Mm -hmm. fitting into the crowd ever serves anybody this is my opinion I think Mm -hmm. we're all unique and we're all so special so there's that aspect of like I'm going to numb it and shove it down because I need to fit in and this doesn't fit with the crowd right and then it's like oh my gosh like what if I fully access this and my life gets more incredible than I could ever imagine and you have a fear of success Mm -hmm. right and a fear of like I'm not worthy to have this yeah real feeling of like who am I to stand out above everyone else or in front of anyone else or away from anyone else it's that real self-worth piece isn't it exactly and then your ego wants to convince you that you're not intuitive that you suck at tapping into your intuition that you're not Mm. special you don't have any gifts so don't bother and that ego has really been molded to be the voice that's led most of our lives until we Mm -hmm. start doing our deeper work and learning how to take our power back because the truest lives in the heart the ego lives in the mind that's where the analytical overthinking all the judgment and negative emotion really resides but the truest lives in our heart so that's Mm -hmm. why you know being willing to start opening up time and space for self-care, starting to practice tuning into the gut feeling, even just the simple things like, does it feel better to take this road or this road to work today? Like, you know, what breakfast feels better to have? Like you start practicing like that, but we've got to be willing to slow down a bit and yeah. really start like tuning in listening. to ourselves and listening. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. So a lot of what I discuss, which is just is a little same concept, but a bit more geared towards, you know, the hormones in our body. Yeah. Cause my clients are in these pre-menopause transitions. Our body is really just constantly giving us this feedback yes. and we have completely numbed it out or completely not even trusted like learned how to trust what our body is already. It's like, it has all those answers already yeah. for us. And we don't even know how to decode them. And some of that society, well, a lot of that society, but nobody ever taught us like you're saying yeah. as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's a real journey within. And of course that takes time. It and does, of course it takes permission. You're so right. And, but it's the most fulfilling journey you can ever go on because yeah. if I wouldn't have like, if I wouldn't have dealt with it, I don't even think I'd be alive anymore, to be honest with you, because I was just so harsh on my body and I wouldn't have mm-hmm. my business and be yeah. chatting with you. And I probably yeah. wouldn't be in the amazing relationship I'm in and like, you know, just be creating yeah. the reality that I am. And I'd be terrified of the world, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. if I didn't do this deeper work. But the beauty of doing this deeper work is you awaken, mm-hmm. you awaken to yourself, your intuition, you awaken to becoming in tune with mm-hmm. your body and being so tapped in that you right. can feel it when your adrenal glands are off. You can feel it if your thyroid's off. You can yeah. feel it, you know, if you have something digestively going on or whatever it is. And to get to that level of attunement is a gift. And that's what we're supposed to be in as human beings. We're not supposed to be 
numbed out and checked out, but mm-hmm. the quality of the food we're given, all the chemicals put into our house and skincare, the fluoride in the water. Some people might say, oh, well, fluoride. Well, every time I have water accidentally with fluoride in it, I get horrible brain fogs. Like I can't oh, imagine gosh. people who are, yeah. you know, consuming it regularly. Just you're, yeah. you're out of touch. Um, yeah. But all the things that have been put on us to, you know, in a sense, like, slow us down and like keep us kind of foggy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um these are the things you get to really heal and and learn about you know which is I never would have learned any of this if I wouldn't have healed my relationship with food yeah so so here we are and I agree with you and I think one of the amazing pieces of all this is a lot of people come to us because you know ultimately what they're thinking is I want to lose weight I almost think of you know sometimes we're like these Trojan horses it's like yeah you know I know you want to lose weight I'm going to teach you that it's actually it's it has it's such a symptom of really the bigger thing right and when you feel this lower piece weight just melts away normally Mm -hmm. because you're actually focused on you know living more in integrity with who you are and you're not so caught up with like the obsession around food or the addiction to food, as you're saying. So here we are in this, you know, landscape, knowing that we are kind of out of touch and numbing. And so what does that path back begin to look like for women? Yeah. So I agree. The the weight is a teacher. If there's weight that you are desiring to let go of, it's a protective mechanism. And so what I often see is the body speaks to you through symptoms, whether it's weight, bloating, mm-hmm. you know, irregular cycles, whatever. Periods, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And so it's for us to learn that that's the communication means. And as we do so, instead of going, okay, I need to like go on a diet, I need to exercise more to lose weight. Well, guess what? If your cortisol's through the roof, more exercise is only going to make that worse. And you could just put on more protection, right? Yep. As we know, or like mm-hmm. the more you keep emotionally eating, the more out of whack your digestion gets, the more inflammation you have, the more your body's going to want to protect. The more mm-hmm. negative self-talk, the more your body goes into a stress response, the more she's going to want to protect and so on and so forth. So what I love to do is go, okay, like, let's look at the weight as a protective mechanism. Let's explore the blocks. Let's take the focus off of weight loss mm-hmm. and let's take the focus onto this holistic healing journey, body, yeah. mind, soul. Let's look at hormones. Let's look at digestion. Let's heal your relationship with food. We need to deal with the binge eating, the binging and purging, the emotional eating, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. The chatterbox right? in the brain, that and ego, as ego. you say. That's mm-hmm. the biggest part because that's dictating your thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors. Mm-hmm. So Mm -hmm. we must deal with that. And, you know, over time, what a lot of my clients realize is there's a lack of boundaries. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people pleasing in perfection and overbooked schedules. There's Mm -hmm. a massive resistance to making themselves a priority because they feel so much guilt thinking about doing it. They don't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. Right. And so nothing changes. So that's why when they come and do this journey, they start to realize, wow, like I didn't I didn't think that these things were having such a significant impact on my body. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's a hurt inner child that needs love and attention. And, yeah. but it's beautiful. Cause as we go on the healing journey, you peel back the layers at the pace that, you know, they're meant to be unraveled at. And mm-hmm. then guess yeah. what? The protection just comes off while they're not yeah. focusing on it and they don't have to diet. They don't have to do any mm-hmm. kind of exercise. Actually, they can right. move the way they want to because they love it. But otherwise, if they want to rest, 
it yeah. literally just comes off because the yeah. body is safe. And that's what yeah. it's all about. Absolutely. I mean, physiologically speaking, just to move into a fighter, like when you're stressed out and the body moves, its natural instinct is to conserve and suppress yeah. metabolism and conserve so that it has the energy is required to, yeah. you know, get away from the stress, run from the lion. So it's, it's such a, like you're saying, when we talk about it being a protective mechanism, it literally is a protective <sighs> mechanism for us to stay safe. Yeah. Um, so we have to get your body to that place of exhaling and the pathway there is, is really healing. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Healing these, you know, these, pieces. it is, and it's filling the void. It's learning to love yourself. It's, mm-hmm. That's everything because when you love yourself, you do not want to hurt yourself with food. You mm-hmm. you respect your body. You do not want to overbook yourself. You mm-hmm. have no desire to be in your old ways and you don't tolerate, you know, being stepped all over or your boundaries mm-hmm. being, you know what I mean? Like yep. you lovingly stand for yourself and your greatest good. And I think mm-hmm. that that is something that more of us need to do because mm-hmm. we're supposed to, you know, be in a happy state of balance. Mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. what what do you say to these you know especially the way i know there's a lot of pe- women in this hustle addiction piece yes. you know they're because of all the things that we're doing that what do you say to them about this well how do i begin to carve out time for myself when i don't have time to carve out what yes. is your process or your methods for that so i always say do you really not have time like if you can scroll mindlessly on social media for 15, 30, 60 minutes a day. If you can sit down and watch X amount of hours of TV every night, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you've got time, right? It's the addiction to technology that often we need to work Mm -hmm. through a little bit to open up time. And, or, you know, if you're not really doing much with tech, but you have a family, well, that's totally understandable, right? That there's kids and things like that, or you're running a business or all of the above, but it's about going, okay, like, can I ask for help? Mm-hmm. What boundary do I set? Do you get your, you know, your spouse to watch the kids for a half an hour so that you can talk <gasps> like you, it's up to you and in your power to mm-hmm. take the steps to create the time and space. Mm-hmm. And once you start doing it, you experience so many benefits and then you're like, oh my gosh, I love this. I want to protect it. I don't want anything to get in the way. But at first, you know, it can feel a little resistant and you might want to procrastinate because your it's just not the pattern is not wired like everything yeah, yeah everything new is you know can be a little exciting but often I mean we we literally have the same like 90 percent of our thoughts are the same thoughts every day is that yeah. I think that's a fact a scientific fact yeah. so you know if this is it's hard mm-hmm. to start to change these things to do anything a little bit different yeah but it always feels good once you start doing that if it's good for you anyway totally and then you start to notice you're emotionally eating less and you're sleeping mm-hmm. better and you're right. Like your cravings are calming down and there's so many benefits that come in. You feel more in your power and you're starting mm-hmm. to like, and love your body. And it's, it's priceless, the feeling mm-hmm. of it, but it, it's, it's deep commitment. Yeah. It's a real freeing feeling, a real, you know, like, yeah. excuse the pun, but it's like weightlessness, right? Yeah. Like it's a very, when you finally, it's, it's less about the weight. It's more like what has come off your brain and off your mind mm-hmm. and off your shoulders, isn't it? When you totally. finally kind of move in tune. Yeah. Why do you think it's so hard for women to ask for help? Because we've been conditioned that we're supposed to do everything ourselves and or we have created our own assumption or limiting belief Mm -hmm. that I need to be independent. I need to be superwoman. I need to have everything, make it look like I have everything together, even though inside I feel broken or disconnected or unworthy. So to me, it's the unworthiness that really fuels Mm -hmm. that like resistance or stubbornness or fear, whatever it is. Mm 
mm-hmm. as to why we don't ask for help, but we're really only, you know, hurting ourselves mm-hmm. by assuming we need to do it all on our own. Again, it's a great way to give yourself adrenal fatigue and exhaust yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I have obviously have my own thoughts on this, but hormonally speaking, since I know this is an area of expertise for you as well, do you notice this intolerance of how life is beginning to grow when, when women reach these like pre-menopause years? And why do you think that is, if so? Yeah. Oh, goodness. So I feel like there's just been years of being stretched way too thin. Mm -hmm. Right. I think about 98% of my clients, when we do testing, they have high cortisol or they're in adrenal burnout. Mm -hmm. Right. So they've been spread so thin for years. They've been in the diet restriction, falling off the wake and emotional eating dynamic, the all or nothing dynamic for years Mm -hmm. as well. They haven't made themselves a priority, whether it's because they've been taught, oh, you put everyone else first, it's bad to be selfish or like whatever the insecurities are. And so I feel like all of this then throws the hormones off. Mm-hmm. And then women have all these uncomfortable symptoms, whether they're in PMS or they're in, you know, pre-menopause, perimenopause, like whatever stage they're in. Mm-hmm. And then we're not taught how to get to the roots and go, okay, well, why, why is this being created for me in the first place? Mm-hmm. Right. What's going mm-hmm. on gut wise, hormonally, but what's going on stress wise, mindset wise, you know, environmentally in my calendar, mm-hmm. like, it's, you know, we're not supposed to have these symptoms and they should have never been normalized. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And they, and I get that is all they are. That's all we know. I mean, I can't, you know, I didn't even know what perimenopause was. And I've been in the wellness industry for a decade and a half, like you. Yeah. And I'd never even heard of that term because all I'd ever heard it is, is like, oh, menopause and people are bitchy, like, and yeah. hot flashes. Like that's yeah. what we get told and how we get, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, it's normal, but it's not normal. No, it's an indicator that, that, you know, as you say, it's a sign that we need to, you know, make a change or, you know, yeah. revisit and turn in a little bit there. Yeah, totally. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Things, yeah. There's so much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's deep. It is, it is deep. And I was just listening to a podcast this morning. It was Jay Shetty. And he talked about how, if you, if you find yourself stuck, like if you can't move forward, it usually means you have to go deeper. And it's, I think it was such a, you know, he's maybe talking spiritually, but like, that's a very physical thing as well. Like if your body is stuck where it is and you keep trying all the things and, you know, you got to go deeper in yourself to figure out, you know, what is happening. Totally. Like anytime I get physical symptoms now, it's always because of an energetic Mm. or emotional blockage or something that's ready to shift. Always. And I think that's one of the most beautiful and powerful aspects of all this is the more you do get to know yourself again, the more aware you become of even the smallest shift. And then you get ahead of this stuff. You're never again, back at the dark night of the soul. You really, you know, it's, it's your real growth place. It is. It's powerful. Amazing. Yeah, it is powerful. So if you could give any advice to any of the women listening right now, you know, who are resonating with this conversation, what is, you know, their first or their next step? I think their first step is even just being here and kind of giving themselves permission to think about this. What is the next step for them to begin to explore this, even if it's a tiny baby step? Yeah. So I think the first step is really around starting to build awareness around your triggers and what's triggering Mm. you to go to food. So try and start making a list, catch yourself when a trigger comes up and go, okay, before I go to that, like, 
let me take some deep breaths. Let me get out of the room where the food is. And let me see if I can start to see what's really going on. Am I dehydrated? Mm-hmm. Is it overwhelmed? Am I tired? Like, mm-hmm. was it a stressful day? Is it, I see visually the food and now I want it, but I'm not hungry. Like the more awareness you start to build, the more you can take your power back. Yeah. Right. And then really decipher between emotional hunger, which is really any reason for eating other than physical nourishment or physical, which is like your stomach growls, you get a hunger signal, you haven't eaten in a few hours, right? Like there's all those kinds of dynamics. So Mm -hmm. that's the first step is building awareness with triggers and opening up time for self-care. Like even if it's 10 minutes for starters or 15 minutes, like Mm -hmm. start small and build it Mm because it will be a a game changer for you on the journey. I love that. And for my, you know, for our, like the moms listening out there, I think it can be really easy to get caught up in this. Well, I don't have time. I have to do this for my kids. And yet I think it's a really important question to ask yourself. Like you do all of these things for your, in life for your kids, but would you want this life for your kids? Cause that's what we're teaching them. So whoever's watching you in life that you feel like you're doing all of this for, make sure you're showing them how to grow up and be an adult because that's what that's what's happening. Yeah, I agree 100%. And it is, we model, right? So if mm-hmm. we want to see the lineage change, change it yourself so that you ideally yeah. don't pass it on. Yeah, which yeah. is a big one. Oh, this has been such a beautiful conversation. Um, You know, before we start to wrap up and let people know where they can learn more from you, Amber, what would you say, what are your kind of non-negotiables that help nourish yourself every day? Oh, sleep, getting enough sleep, hydration, self-care. I like love tapping, EFT Mm -hmm. tapping every morning. Um, Just like really honoring my schedule and not overbooking it and Mm -hmm. sitting in gratitude. I love just sitting and like being present. Um, Mm. It's the simple things. Yeah. Simple things. We have a real fear that slowing down and doing things means we're not going to be as productive or we're not going to achieve, but ultimately it nourishes us so that the quality of our output becomes so much greater, doesn't it? Totally. And then, and then you're getting the same result or a better result with a lot less Yes. Like isn't, it's true. isn't that's life being be able to be present. Um, thank you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Can you tell us a little bit how I know obviously people can find you at the amazing or amazing podcast, the No Sugar Coding podcast, but how else can people learn more from you, learn more about this part and start to build their own awareness further with you? Yeah. So they can go to my website at amberapproved.ca. There's a free emotional eating quiz there that they can take. <sighs> Um, and yeah, the podcast, all the episodes are on the website or any app podcast app. And then if anyone is like, Oh, I want to have a conversation and maybe explore, like going on this path, I offer a 30 minute body freedom sessions, 50 USD. We can connect and talk about what's going on and what the journey can look like. And then lastly, I'm on Instagram and it's just my name, Amber Romaniak, R-O-M-A-N-I-U-K. Amazing. And we will, I'll put all those links in the show notes for everyone. So you can just swipe up and, and go and check out Amber, learn more and start to deepen this knowledge for you. So you can feel better and be more present and let go of these old habits. Thank you so much, Amber. Thank you for having me. Have a beautiful day. You too. Thank you so much for joining me on the Period Whisperer podcast. I want to encourage you to reach out to me directly and message me if there are topics or things you're struggling with so we can address those right where you are at. And of course, if you loved this episode, if you learned something, make sure to share it with your friends and please rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts.